the Lord, you can say, it is well. He holds the end from the beginning. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. So good to see everybody out this morning. If you're part of the Children's Church ministry, you are dismissed. Uh, come on, uh, Children's Church, Sister Amy's already. There they go. Good morning again. How's everyone doing? All right? And God good to us. Amen? There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Amen? Man, you can't get through that one without crying, can you? Amen. Amen. I know I'm probably getting a sound man back there to do something with me, because I don't like the way I sound. Um, and um, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Colossians, the third chapter. As we continue, amen. God is so good to us. There is a new name. Is it yours, your name written down, amen? Oh, what a thought. What a thought. What it cost him to write down my name, amen? What it cost him to put my name on that ledger. Oh, Lord. I'm going to talk this morning about enjoying our privilege, enjoying our privilege. You know, they used to have that old commercial years ago, I think it was American Express, and it said, membership has its privileges. Well, I want you to know if you're a child of God, it has its privileges. Amen? There are things that you can enjoy, that you can employ, that you can possess and claim that others that don't know God have no right to. You've got to be part of the family to enjoy some of God's blessings. And we're going to talk about one today, the third chapter of Colossians starting with verse 15. And the Bible says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Verse 16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with wisdom, and sing psalms of psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, with gratitude in your hearts to God. Verse 17, And whatever you do, whether it's in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father through Him. I want to talk about enjoying our privilege, enjoying our privilege. We continue the sermon series from the book of Colossians. And this morning we want to explore three spiritual privileges. We'll really just touch on one of them. But there's three spiritual privileges that we have as the people of God. Everyone doesn't have what we're talking about this morning. But if you're a believer, they belong to you. You can enjoy them. Amen? God wants you to enjoy them. He, he encouraged you to enjoy them. And here there are three benefits that... that when we really grasp them with our faith and our understanding, if we can embrace them spiritually and appropriate them, they'll help you and I to walk in a greater measure of victory in the spiritual realm, certainly help us to be more effective in our witness and in the works we carry out for the Lord. So there's three very quickly. Number one, there's the peace of Christ. Verse 15, the peace of Christ. Let the peace of Christ. But then secondly, in verse 16, let the word of Christ. We have the word. We have the peace. We have the word. And then, of course, verse 17, we have the name that's above every name. Amen? The name of Christ. This morning, we want to talk about the peace of Christ. Verse 15, let 
the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you were called to peace. We're called to peace. Amen? We're not called to strife and drama and all that us because um, that's the Ukrainian for the tempter. But we're not called. We're called to peace, aren't we? Peace in our hearts and peace in our homes and peace in our relationships. Peace with God through Jesus Christ. And be thankful. And be thankful. So note this morning that peace is your privilege. I want you to remember that if you're a Christian, peace is your privilege. You don't have to beg God for it. You don't have to somehow do something special. It comes with salvation. Peace is your privilege. But note, the verse begins with the word, three little letters, let. Let. Now that tells me there's something i got to do to receive and activate and enjoy this peace. Amen? There's something on my behalf. Let. You and I have a role to play. But again, I, I like peace. I don't, I don't, I don't do drama. Very, I don't do drama. Don't like it in my home. We don't have it. We don't believe. I don't just. I don't like that. Amen. Isn't that right? Come on, say amen. It's a peace, peace in that heart, peace in the home, peace in relationships. We're, we're peacemakers. Amen. Blessed are. Amen. The peace of Christ. Peace is your privilege. Notice it's called the peace of Christ because it's the peace He gives. Amen. You gotta read. Where did this thing come from? Where was it manufactured? This comes from Christ Himself. It's His peace. And it's an inner, an inner calm. It's an inner strength that's not defeated or shaken by adversity, disturbed by the fears or trials we go through. It's not the absence of trouble. Oh boy, we wish it was. Amen? But not yet. It's coming though. It's coming. Somebody is coming. That day is coming. Hang in there, child of God. There's coming a day. There's coming day. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more abandonment or abuse. There's coming a day. But until then, in this world, but we can still have this peace. And we can still have the rest that only He gives. It's a divine peace. In the midst of it all, not the absence of the trial, but God gives us something special to help us go through the trial. Something that the believer doesn't have, but you have, because you belong to Jesus. It's an inner confidence. An inner calm that we possess because we know that our Heavenly Father has every aspect of our lives under His care and His control. Oh, talk about a rest that that gives. I don't know what comes tomorrow, but He does. Amen? I don't even, kind of can't even understand the options that He gave me, but He knows everything. Amen? It's a knowing that imparts an inner security, an inner rest. A calm because we have, as children of God, we have the blessed assurance that God is with us. And God is for us. And God is committed to us. And this is a peace that is, it's imparted and sustained by the Holy Spirit of God within. It's received by our faith and it's sustained as we let. How many times we hear these Bible words or these Bible songs that it says, uh, cast the care. Or trust in the Lord. Or roll your burden. Amen. All those. Lean. I lean. We love saying lean on those arms. Amen. Get a little tear in our eye when we sing them. But leaning. And it's all part of trusting. And enabling. And God's peace works in our hearts. Now, we're going to talk about the peace of God. I've got to give you a warning. Amen. This is a warning. There is a false peace out in that world. It's important for you to hear about this. And it's very, it's, it's imperative 
Not to confuse the peace of Christ with the peace of the heart. They're not always the same. Gotta give you a warning. How many times have you heard them? I've got a peace about this, but it's a clearly biblically wrong and sinful. How many know that's not the peace of Christ? That's a false peace. That's a deceptive peace of the world. Living in sin. Saying, I got a peace about it. No, you're deceived. That's not the peace of Christ. You can have a peace in your natural heart, but you become calloused, or you've been deceived. But listen, the peace of Christ is not, not going to negate your next verse, the word of Christ. How about that? Amen? That makes sense to anybody? You don't need a lot of theology for that one, do you? Amen. You know, King Saul had a false peace. The Bible tells one story. He's building a, listen to this, he's building a monument to himself. At the same time, God is sending his chief prophet to tell him, your days are numbered. God's fed up with you. He's losing the kingdom. He's so out of whack. Amen? He's got the false peace. He thinks all is well because he's grown carnal and callous to God. That he's actually building a monument to himself. Amen. Glory to me. I mean, God. He's building a monument to himself at the same time God's taking him out. That's false peace. How many remember from your Sunday school class the story of Jonah? Did Jonah have a false peace or what? Isn't that right? He slept through a storm. He thought he was at peace. But actually, his sins and the things he did had created a great storm and endangered the lives of many. How about that? You see, false peace blinds some to the danger that they're in and the danger that they're creating. So I'll say it again. You're not going to have a peace of God if you're ignoring and disobeying the Word of God. So write that down and don't be fooled. We live in a day of great deception. It reminds me of that story I'll never forget. It bears repeating. If we've said it before, about a, a photographer that was skydiving and he forgot his parachute. True story. Obviously it ended in tragedy. True story. But the thing is this, he didn't realize it for most of the fall. So he actually took some very beautiful pictures. Think about it. He took some beautiful pictures. He had no fear. Falling to his death. But he was unaware. He had a false security. He had a false peace. You see, he felt secure, but he wasn't secure. And there's a lot of people today that have some kind of false peace, but it's not the peace of Christ. The peace of Christ and the word of Christ go hand in hand. Can you say amen? All right. And for those of us that do love God and are walking with God, it's a beautiful thing to recognize this great privilege. There's many privileges God gives us. Privilege of prayer. The privilege of using the name of Jesus. The privilege of the word of God. And then we can learn from that word and insight from the word. But peace is a privilege that you and I get as believers. And it's dangerous for the Christian to lose this peace. I mean, when you lose the peace of God, it's, it's, you, we begin to go off in directions we shouldn't go. We begin to act out of the will of God. Or we act out of the character that we should have as Christians. We begin to move out and compromise things and give in to certain pressures. There's, we act, you know, when someone gets restless or nervous or agitated, look out. They move out of desperation instead of faith. They, they get rash instead of thoughtful. They get impulsive instead of being led to the Spirit. 
when that flesh, that old you, you know, it's like that, um, that, 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 what's that Snickers commercial? You're not yourself when you're hungry, you know? And listen, when you get nervous and you get angry and frustrated, guess what? We're not ourselves, are we? And we start saying things and doing things that are really out of character from the person we know we should be and we could be. Peace of God helps keep my composure and helps keep me in character as a child of God should act. It's important to have the peace of God. And I want you to know this morning as a Christian, there is a genuine peace that comes from God. And you can enjoy that peace. You can have It's available to every Christian. You can have it and you can enjoy it. In fact, you know, remember, this is His peace. This is not just something we conjure up out of a willpower and so forth. This is the peace that Christ Himself gives. It's not of the world. It's not contingent on circumstances. It'll work even when things around us are hard and challenging. It's not controlled by the external atmosphere. That's the world's peace. They can have peace if it's all good out there. This is a peace within the abiding of the Holy Spirit. It's the work of the Holy Spirit within us that steadies us and calms us and assures us it's going to be alright. I'm with you. I'm for you. Rest in me. Trust in me. I've got everything under control. It's given by Jesus Himself like we used to sing the song. I've got something that the world can't give and the world can't take it away. It's divine. It's supernatural. And it'll sustain your heart, your soul, your psyche. It'll steady you and strengthen you as you walk this walk of faith and face whatever life throws at you. And I speak to someone today that might have a special problem with anxiety and fear. You don't have to be bound by unnatural fears and phobias. You don't have to be a constant victim of the stress that torments and oppresses and afflicts your mind. That's not of God that has to go. The Bible says clearly, He's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Listen, if you're a child of God, you don't have to. I'm not denying the struggle. I'm not denying the reality of the battle. But you have in your possession through Christ a privilege that you can use. You have a gift that you can embrace. It's the peace of God. You can go through things that everyone's going through, but go through them differently because greater is He that's within you than He that's in that world. You're a child of God. It doesn't mean that the thing out there is not as serious as it is, but God says, I'll give you something supernatural and divine. How many know we're spiritual beings? You just wear that body. That body is your, your earth suit. We're body, soul, and and the real loss is what goes to Jesus as soon as you close that last eye? Your spirit. Right? The spirit's going up there. The emotional matter, the grave, the tomb are going over there. The body's going over there. Body's going across the street. Amen? We're going to say our tears, have our prayer. You're going to be in glory. We're going to be sad. Then we're going to eat. But we're spiritual beings. Amen? We're spiritual beings. And this is a spiritual gift. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Jesus wants you to enjoy his peace. When you tell the person next to you, Jesus wants you to enjoy his peace. And I speak to some that might be young in the Lord, and sometimes when we begin to talk faith, it is so out of your, out of your thinking. And some of us have been walking with God since literally Mama carried us 
the church from her womb. And so we've just, this has been our, so I would encourage you when it comes to the things of faith, take baby steps if you have to. But when you see a promise of God, believe that promise. Believe to ask God to make it real to you. Amen? It's not, nothing's overnight. We all grow in this thing. You might have got started a little later. Don't just think that's the, only for the big shot Christians or the old Christians. No, no, it's for you. It's for you. If you're saved, it's for you. So when you get that promise, begin to say, Lord, if this really is a promise for everyone, I, I want to enjoy the blessing of it. See if there's conditions you need to meet and meet them. But begin to trust God. Amen? Begin to believe God. You'll take baby steps now, but you won't be taking them forever. And as you give God, he'll, you'll grow and you'll mature. Blessed be his name. Isn't God good to us? Peace is your privilege. Let's broaden our study of peace. Number one, let's talk about the most important peace there is. It's really not our main subject, but we need to touch on it. There is a peace with God. Everybody tell you, peace with God. That's the most important peace. Amen? That's the peace that gets you to heaven. There ain't peace with God. That's the peace that changes your relationship and status with God. You're standing peace with God. Romans 5 and 1, Romans 5 and 1. It seeks about a peace with God. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, through our faith in Christ, we have peace, here it is, with God. You see that? With God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Everything good you get from God comes through Jesus. Amen? Our faith in Christ. But the most important peace is a peace with God. Because if you don't have a peace with God, you can't have the peace of God. Amen? And you can live without the peace of God and kind of be a miserable, defeated Christian. But thank God, if you have the peace with God, at least you're getting in. Amen? But God's best is that we have both. Isn't that right? There's a peace with Through faith, we have peace with God. You see, before a person gets saved, the Bible says their sins separate them from God. The unbeliever, the Bible describes as being estranged. Or at war with God. You're fighting with God, but you're rebelling against God. You're not submitting to God's plan. You're not submitting to His way of salvation. You're refusing to bow your knee and make Jesus Lord. So that's what happens with our sins. But when someone comes to Christ, when you give your life to Jesus, put your faith in Him, sins are forgiven. And instead of there being enmity, animosity, there is now peace with God. Things are not right between you and the Almighty God through Jesus. Amen? This gives you a new relationship, a new standing. Men and women are reconciled, brought back to peace through faith in Christ. So the most important peace is peace with God. That means we get saved, we give our hearts to Christ, and we're no longer strangers, now we're sons. We're no longer rebels. Now we enjoy the riches of salvation. God's a good God. Can you say amen to that? I remember, I'll never forget, years ago in Bible school, we're going back 35, 40 years now, I, I, sat, I sat at lunch with a guy, and he started telling me how he had a friend. A friend. I didn't know my, he got a friend. I should have picked it up. Amen. He had a friend of his that he thought God was trying to kill him. God was trying to kill him. And you know when you're 18 or 19 years old, um, you know, you, you haven't developed your filter yet. How many know that? I think you develop it and then 40 years later you lose it again, but that's another sermon for another, another sermon for another day. Amen. They get a little old and they start losing that filter all over again. But let's, let's, let's face it, 18, 19, your filter's not what it needs to be. So I did the first thing that came to my mind and I laughed. I mean, I just laughed. 
He didn't think it was funny. And I laughed. Back to sensitivity training. Amen. I looked at him after I said, Brother, listen. If the Almighty wants to kill you, trust me, he can get the job done. Come on, say amen to that. I mean, he holds your breath, he holds your heart, but trust me, this God, he don't try. Amen? If this God wants to take you, God, this is the Almighty wants to take you out, it's all right, get your, get your arrangements in order. And then I got serious as an 18 or 19 year old could be, and I said, well, listen now, if this is God, I'll tell you what, God might be after you, all right, but it's not to harm you. It's to bless you and protect you, to direct or redirect you, to awaken you, turn your life around, because you're going down the wrong path. That could be dangerous, could be deadly. Is God trying to get through to you? Oh, yeah. God's after you because he loves you. You see, he desires good, so, so respond to his dealings and receive. Don't run from turn to get peace with God get peace with God here today if things aren't right with you and God don't leave and make believe it's not is get right with God no one's guaranteed tomorrow you can be 30 and not last till next Sunday it don't make any difference young people die like old people die amen get things right with God he's a good God he's got a good plan but you've got to receive him somebody say amen Peace with God. But now, our focus this morning, Colossians, speaks the peace of God. Peace with God is affecting my standing, okay? But this peace of God is now an inner working of the Spirit of God as I live for Him, as I walk with Him. Peace with God, I get saved. My name is written, and it's mine, and it's mine. Amen. My name is written in glory. I'm right with God. But now, I think I live in this old, dirty, rotten world. Amen? And there's some challenges out there. And there's some storms out there. And so, I'm right with God, but now, He wants to give me a piece of God to fill my heart and life so I can live this life and keep my Christian character and keep my joy and keep my faith and keep my peace, even though I might have to go through times where I shed some tears and groan and have some griefs. Amen. We all live in the same world? Yeah. Sure, sure. This is peace, peace of God. You know, I, I, I didn't ask them to put it on the overhead. I think most of us are familiar. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. New believers, no takers. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. If you don't know it, it's a good one to memorize. Where Paul says, don't be anxious about anything. Church, don't be worried about everything. But instead, in everything, by prayer, supplication, with what? Thanksgiving. Oh, i got to add that thanksgiving. Amen. You want those prayers to be effective, you got to get some thanksgiving in there. Amen. All right? Let your request be made known unto... God says, pray about it. Tell me about it. But if you'll do that, then the peace, what? Of God. We just talked about with God. This is the peace of God, which passes understanding. That means it's this, we're not talking to humans, but this is divine. This is something supernatural that God puts in the hearts and lives of his people. It's a blessing that God has for you. 
is something special that you can have a, you don't have to go to the bottle. You don't have to go to a pill. You don't have to live like a world that doesn't know God and they want to kill themselves and they have no hope and they don't know which way to turn. You have a God that is on your side. You have a God that says I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And in fact, I'll put my Holy Spirit within you and I'll give you great and precious promises that you can walk in a real world, an ugly world, an inconsistent world, a world that at times makes us want to just weep till we can't weep anymore. But I will give you a grace on the inside of you that will help you live different and live it better than those that don't know me. Can you say amen? Pray to all week. God, help someone to get this. Help someone to get this. So many, too many Christians is too much. Too much. Where God says, ha. Ah, how, how would you love to look at your child? And see them worried every day that you were going to have food on the table for them. Wouldn't you feel lousy? God says, I see so many of my kids just giving in to these things and the devil just beat up on them. And if they'll trust me, I'll give them peace to go through it. They'll just lean on me. I'll give them grace to go through it. He didn't say he'd make us avoid everything. He said he'd give us something special to get through everything. Amen? That's what we're getting at. That's what, it belongs to you. It belongs to you. This peace comes from Jesus himself. It's a gift. It's a privilege. It's a benefit. Look at John 14, verse 27. John 14, and verse 20. These are the words of Jesus. Where Jesus says, Peace! I leave you. My peace! Whose peace? Man, this is Jesus. This is good stuff. Amen? This is top quality, not made in China stuff. You know, this is peace. My peace. My peace. How do that peace can take it? Amen? That peace can last. That peace is able. I'm talking about a peace that's divine and supernatural. Woo! I'm not talking about just give you a football pep talk and that might last for a half, but that's not going to last for a lifetime. There is a peace that comes from God Himself. It belongs to those that love Him and that will ask Him for it. He says, I'll put it within you. It'll sustain you. It'll settle you. It'll strengthen you. It'll help you go through things that would crush others. It'll go through you. It'll sustain your marriage when other marriages are falling apart. It'll give you a peace when other people are cracking up and giving into the weight and the pressure of life. It'll keep you singing when others are just giving up and taking on their own lives. Oh, I'm telling you, there is a peace that comes from heaven itself and it belongs to you. It belongs to you. It belongs to you. We're not belittling the trial. We're not belittling the things we have to face. But God is saying, while you're going through this mess of a fallen world. I've got something to offer you to help you go through it a little better than that world. Better than the unbeliever. Better than those that don't know Jesus. And it belongs to you. And it belongs to you. Somebody say amen. Peace. My peace. Not as the world gives it. How's the world give it? Well, everything's got to be just right. And then they get an ulcer worried about things and won't always be right. Peace. I got nothing in the bank. Amen. Gotta be everything on the outside. Then I'm then I won't worry. Well, you might as well just worry the rest of your life. This world's never squared away. Amen. That's why we're trying to get to another place. Amen. Get into a different city. Builder or maker is God, isn't that right? Whoo! Hallelujah. Peace. 
We know the context. He's going to Calvary. We know the context. He's not in an ivory tower writing his book so he can sell it for, you know, get an offering. No, no, no. You're not in the Hilton. You get ready to groan in Gethsemane, to bleed, to die on Calvary. He knows what's going to be unleashed once that begins. And he doesn't tell his disciples, flee for the hills. Instead he says, my peace give I unto you. I don't give you as the world gives us, so don't let let, that's that word let again. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Wow. Oh, there's a peace that God offers his people. You get this peace, you might stop fighting so much at home. Ooh, I'm meddling now. No, I'm just saying, get a peace in your heart. You don't gotta, you know, you don't gotta go through divorce. You can get some harmony in that home. Get some peace in the heart. You know what I found out long ago? I'm getting away from the notes, so that messes up. I'll be getting angry getting away from the notes. You want to know what I noticed one time? When you're not happy with yourself, you're typically not happy with others. I learned this as a young guy, just, just a youth pastor, a little assistant pastor in a church. They're still going through problems 30 years later. And just as if I was inquisitive, you know, I'm thinking, I'm watching all this, you know, but, you know, it's nice when you're only the second-hand man. He gets all the arrows. You just kind of, you know, stay out of the trouble. And I, but I, I was observing this, and I said, well, certain people are always instigating problems here. Why is it always the same two or three people? I'm, I'm guessing my 20s, out of college, out of the military, but I'm, I'm observing this. You know what I found out? Typically, there were people frustrated with life. They were jealous. They weren't happy with their life, their progression, their home. They weren't happy with themselves, so they weren't happy with others. It made them more critical. It made them jealous. And you get two, three, and it's amazing. Squabbles. And I found out when I don't have peace in here, it's harder to have peace out there. When I have the peace, godliness, contentment, gentleness, amen, it's so much easier to get along with others. Want to get more peace in your home? Get that peace in your heart. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, yeah. Come on, say amen. It's good. Ouch. Amen. I'll take any of it. I just, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I get back to the notes. It tells us here. This is a peace. One writer says, it secures composure in difficult times. It defeats and overcomes fear and what fear attempts to do in our hearts when we go through something. Isn't that right? You get a bad report and fear attacks. But this peace overwhelms it, that disarms it, starts to dissolve it. In spite of trial and trouble because of his power and his presence, his promise. And listen, you, you can have this peace. In the, same, in the same talk, John 16 and 33, John 16 and 33, in the same talk, Jesus is saying, in me, I've told you these things so that in me, in me, Jesus, in me, as you walk with me, as you cast your cares on me, as you put your trust in me, to talk and pray to me, in me, you may have peace. In this world, hey, in this world we got problems. Amen? I mean, Jesus didn't have to tell her. I'd believe it if he didn't say it. In this world we got problems. Challenges. Be of good cheer. 
I've overcome the world. In me, you may have peace. In this world, there's trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. You're not alone as you walk through this world. He's with you, and he gives you his peace. I like the way Brother Spurgeon said it, oh, great preacher from the 1800s, as we walk this life. Conflict, inevitable. We all go through things. But defeat is impossible. Because we have an alliance that's invincible. If God be for us, who can be against us? Can you say amen? And again, mark it down, mark it down. The context of what Jesus is saying here. He's, he's not an ivory tower. He's not being a philosopher at a university. But just hours before he's betrayed, he's forsaken and he's crucified. Yet he said, I'll give you peace. Even in the hardest trials of life, I'll make available to you a privilege that you can tap into, that you can receive to help you go through things and stay strong in your composure, in your convictions, in your character. Can you say amen? Amen. All right, now, how will this privilege bless us? Let's just bring this down. We'll get back to verse, uh, verse 15, chapter 3 in Colossians. We see we are called to this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Paul's instructing the church, let this great peace rule in your hearts. Now, so we see it's available to us, it's offered to us. And one thing I want you to notice here, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you and I are called to peace. We're not called to division, we're not called to strife. What are we called to? And be thankful. So number one, when I start to appropriate this blessing and enjoy this privilege. It will keep health and harmony. It will keep unity in relationships. That's the immediate context here. He's saying, have peace since as members of one body you're called to peace. And if you don't have the peace of Christ ruling in your heart, it's hard to have peace out here with the family of God. Amen? Alright. So number one, why is this important? You know, I'm not as critical when God's peace fills my heart. Isn't that right? I'm not as easy to be agitated and, you know, easy to get along with. Now, everyone's walking like that. It keeps things calm, doesn't it? It keeps things all right. So, number one, how will this privilege of peace bless us? Number one, it will keep health and harmony in our relationships. Because as we said earlier, when a person is not at peace with himself, it's often hard to be at peace with others. Can anybody give me a witness? Uh, we're all made out of the same junk, folks. It's all right. That's all right. That's all right. But when you and I have and are governed, ruled, governed by God's peace, then I'm not as easily irritated, set off, critical of others, or is irritating to others. So number one, if I enjoy this privilege, you know what's going to bless my relationships? Amen. And even when someone has a bad day, when I'm walking into the peace of God, you know, right? It doesn't ignite you as quick. You walk in the peace of God. Isn't that right? Number two, this peace, as we said earlier, it really does protect and strengthens our insides. It steadies our insides. And Isaiah said, he'll, he'll keep in perfect peace the one whose mind is stayed on him. Amen? Isaiah 26 and 3. Perfect peace. 
We focus on the Lord, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the Bible says, right? So, so this peace, it, it protects my insides. Well, what do we mean protects? Well, it, it tends to give me, it steadies, it settles my insides. Isn't that what, what Paul said in Philippians? It guards your heart and minds. It begins to guard the, the areas of our emotions that make us toss and turn or get a good night's sleep. The areas of our emotions that help us to walk above instead of give in to the, the peace of God protects us, steadies us, gives us a rest, gives us calm. You know, it's good to have this when we live in a world that's uptight, turbulent, ever-changing, combative. We're living in an aggressive world. And if you don't look out, that gets on you. Amen? That gets on you. You start talking like them, responding like them, but there's something great around the inside that'll flow to the outside. The peace of God protects our insides. You know, we go through the outward trials and challenges. But the Spirit of God speaks divine peace to our hearts. Can you hear it speaking to your heart? Be still. Be calm. Be steady. And know that I am God. Be still and know that I'm in control. And you're in my care. Be still and know I'm with you. And you're my child. And I will fight for you. And I will defend you. And I will never lead you. And I'm there for you to lean on and trust in. You know, we study the Word of God, we see blessings of the peace of God being, being worked out in the lives of real men and women. We study the Bible, we'll see how this peace of God can give us rest in situations that naturally speaking, we'd say, we should have anything but rest. Anybody remember Acts 12? Peter had the peace of God. Amen? And it gave him rest. It gave him rest. Maybe you forgot the story. He's in prison. And wicked old King Herod had just beheaded James. Peter's due to be executed in the morning. But he had the peace of God, the Bible says. He's facing an uncertain future. You might be facing an uncertain future, but God's walking with you through it, and God's in control of it, and God will take you through that future. What a story. Herod could take his freedom, but couldn't take his peace. Isn't that interesting? God had other plans for a servant. Yeah, Herod could take his freedom, couldn't take his peace. Now, if you don't remember the story, Peter slept so soundly that when the angel of the Lord came to deliver him, he actually had to smack him on the side to wake him up. How about that? Now, that would have been most of us, man. We've been pacing that floor sleeping. We've been pacing that floor, biting our fingernails off to the elbow, trying to get a hold of our congressman. Amen. Get me out of here. Go, my lawyer. What's going on around here? Peter, Peter's facing execution in the morning, and he knew it's no idle threat. They just beheaded James, and he's sleeping. So, I mean, he's snoring. He's calling the hogs, man. He's just, oh, he's sleeping. That's peace. I don't know about you. That's peace. Thank the Lord how to smack him to wake him up. Peter's just snoring in the Lord. I'm resting in his care. Trusting in his love. And listen, listen. This peace is the privilege not just of great apostles, but of everyone that calls on the name of the Lord. This peace is available to you to trust in the Lord. To get that burden on the Lord. Receive that grace. There's rest when we learn how to enjoy the peace of Christ that passes understanding. I remember Paul and Silas, they, they experienced rejoicing because they had the peace of God. Remember that? 
They're in a Philippian jail. They've been beaten and battered because they were preaching the gospel. They brought healing and deliverance to a young girl. The enemy attacks them. But when you have God's peace, you still have a song. When you have God's peace, you still have a witness. Peace in the heart, put a song in the mouth. Don't let the storm steal your song. Don't let anything hinder your praise. Keep praising them. But there was rejoicing. And then when I have the peace of God, when you have the peace of God, it helps you and I to respond to life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, to respond to life like, like victors, not victims. Like victors, not victims. We think of David in Psalm 3. Many are they that rise up against me. Many of them are saying of my soul, they're talking about him. They're hounding him. They're surrounding him. Many are saying of my soul, God won't deliver you. You're done. But David said, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried, I cried, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Boom! He goes, I'm going to sleep. I rest. And the Lord sustains me. Wow. Isn't that right? How about that prophet? Remember the prophet Elisha? His servant comes to him. Oh, wake up, wake up. The enemy's got the city surrounded. We're dead. They're out to kill you. They're out to get you. And the old prophet wipes the sleep out of his eyes and says, son, son, be at peace, son. Rest. Be at peace. This is more with us than there is with them. You remember that? He runs over. He looks. And all of a sudden he sees what the prophet saw. Around that city, the chariots of fire, horses of fire. God had his servant protected and cared for. What a God we serve. May our eyes of faith see that no matter what we go through in this life, we have a God who is on our side, a God that is loving, a God that is kind, a God that sent his one and only son to die for us, and he's promised to never leave us, fail us, or forsake us. And whatever we go through, we can trust him to bring us through. We can lean on him to carry us through. We can commit that care to him and know he will be our defender and he will be our guide. Can you say amen? Glory to God. We're talking the peace of God and it's your privilege. What will this peace do for us? Well, it'll keep healthy. It'll keep healthy in harmony in our relationships. Amen? That, that alone is a good reason to claim this promise and walk in it. Amen? I don't want to always be fighting. Amen? I don't always want to be offensive. Some people are too easily offended. You have peace, you're not as easily. Another sermon for another day, but I don't want to get you crying before you leave. Protects our insides. This will help us. Number three, and again, this comes right from the context. This will help us in being led of the Spirit and making wise decisions. You see how the spiritual things can help practical things? Amen? Uh, you hear testimony of that woman, husband got saved, and she just thinking, oh, he used to be the ornery critter, critical about the food, critical, critical, critical. He really gets saved. I mean, get saved. Gets the Holy Ghost, and after that, he's like a new person. He's like a new person. I see my early churches. I see all the towns, oh, honey, he's a, a pastor. He's a drinking all the time, mean, da da da. I looked at him. He's about as gentle as a big old, this guy, he was Italian. He was an old German. He had a, a blonde hair, old, gentle bear. Gentlest thing you can ran the men's ministry. Hard for me to believe what she was saying. Even her daughters had to say, yeah, he was pretty rough. But then he met Jesus. Amen, man, the peace of God. And all of a sudden, he was just so, you know, Never complains. Oh, man. Wow. 
but also we make decisions. How many know bad decisions can be costly? We've all made them, isn't that right? Sometimes we pay interest for years down the road, but we didn't. But one of the ways God communicates to his people, Brother Reggie and I were talking about this earlier, it's beautiful, the more you walk with God, you learn to be led of God and recognize the voice of God. You know, the first time you met your spouse, the first time you met, but now 50 years later, you, you know her voice, you know her size, you know everything. You can really hear a lot better. Amen? Can you hear better? Isn't that right? But that doesn't happen by accident. It happens by being with someone and walking with someone and living with someone. And one of the most beautiful things when you walk with the Lord is you begin to learn how God communicates to his people. One way God communicates is through the peace or the lack of peace of God. Again, this is one verse we can't get out of it. Let the peace of Christ rule. That word rule means function as an umpire. Go to the Greek. Function as an umpire. What's an umpire do? Fair, foul. Ball, strike. Yes, no. Peace of God. One way God communicates to you and I is through giving us that peace through decisions or taking away that peace. There might be something that is okay to do in the natural, but all of a sudden there's no peace, and you know the Holy Spirit saying, no, 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 not for you. Not for you, not this time. But if you never develop that relationship level with the Lord where you can understand how He communicates, you, you kind of you rip yourself off of this blessing. One of the greatest blessings you and I have of making wise decisions, of being led of God, is learning how to hear and recognize the peace of God speaking to our hearts. Let me go on a little here. Let the peace of Christ rule. Mistakes we said are costly. One way God communicates to his people. Rule, function as an umpire. Don't violate the peace of God with him. When you don't have the peace of God about something, time out. Don't move on. You better pray it through. Better get some counsel. You better wait and see how things are going to work. Don't just blast it through. And then blame God. No, 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 no. One of the ways he speaks to us is through the peace or lack of peace of God. You ever walk with God? God will bring in the challenging situations. Then things, you know, some other minister might say, I wouldn't get near that with a 20-foot pole. But God's giving you peace. And when peace comes faith, and you just go and take on certain things. Amen? Same token, other things might look beautiful, wonderful. Everything in the natural lining up, but something inside says, uh-uh. What's the opposite of peace, red? I mean, it's uh-uh. And you know, hey, I don't care what the numbers look like. This Holy Spirit inside is saying, uh-uh. This is one of the ways God speaks to us. You see, it's one of the ways. You know, in, in Italy, there is some of those old um, canals where those ships come in, okay? And some are, you know, thousands of years old. So they're not these modern things. And so if you don't get it just right, it's easy for a ship to sink or hit bottom. And so what they've done on one of these, they put three poles down at the end. And when the pilot comes in, if he sees one pole, he knows he's straight. If he sees two, he knows he's going to get into the... All right? Well, I always heard one man, man of God put it like this. Three ways to help us be led of God. The first one is... The written word of God. That's one pole. You better have that pole. Amen. It's clear, right? It, 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 there's no subjectiveness about it. It's clear. This it is. Thou shalt not means. There you go. I knew you were quick today. Amen. All right. So the first, I've got to make a decision here. Well, number one, what's the Bible say? 
If the Bible says thou shalt not, that's it. Don't get counsel about it. Don't ask. Don't go to a different church. Get a different answer. If God says thou shalt not, then thou shalt not. We're getting our second wind here, aren't we? But now not everything's in the book, though. Do I go to Sears or Montgomery Wards? I don't do anything exist anymore, but you know what I mean. Where I go? Kmart or something. I don't know. Do I go? Well, you know, do I, do I take this job or that job? Well, it's not, that's not in the book, right? That's not in the book. Huh. What's, what's he saying here? Man, I feel good about that. I really feel the peace of God about that. I feel a witness there. Amen? Both jobs, paid about the same both jobs. But you know what? For some reason over there, just something unsteady. There's something, someone right in here. You ever walk into a place and all of a sudden, you ever talk to someone and they sound smooth and look good, but you're just saying, just be polite and move on. Anybody? Yeah. Holy Spirit talking to you. Holy Spirit talking to you. That's the peace of God. He's saying fair or foul. Amen? Because remember, sometimes things in the natural of one way, but God is speaking. All right. So we've got the written word. Word of God, the peace of God, and then my circumstances. Now that's very subjective, but really, how many know, I know this is a big stretch, but I know you're awake right now, so you're, you're sharp right now. How many know that I don't have a future playing in the NBA? How many know that? I mean, I can claim the Bible scriptures. God gives me desires of my heart. I can claim I can get my Bible, can't I? Amen? And I mean, i got a passion for it, man. I'm in, yeah! But how many know? Right? You know, not going to happen, is it? Not going to happen. It's not, you see. So it has to be natural things. You know, it's like, it's like that kid, I think about Bible school, that earlier story. You know, it's like those kids at Bible school. You know, the Bible says that you find a good woman, you find a good thing. Amen, isn't that right? All the men said? Oh, come on, guys. All the men said? Woo, you want to still get your act on Should have been quicker and louder there, but the Bible says if you find a good wife, you found it's a blessing of the Lord. And you know that. You found the right woman, you got a little heaven on earth. You find the wrong, no, we won't go down that road. But you know, I'm just, yeah, all right. that's in the book, right? It's in the book, isn't it right? You see this in Bible school, and, and he sees someone, I mean, he, he just, whew, he's just, you know, and he got a piece of God about it. There's one, there's two, but what's the third one? Circumstances, right? Open door, closed door. You know, he's getting ready to propose. She's calling the stalker hotline. You know what I mean? But there's some natural things that got to float. Isn't that true? Word of God. Peace of God. Circumstances of life. You can get those three to line up. Amen? But look back at some of the bad decisions we make. We say, you know what? I was kind of forcing that one. I was kind of, all right, that's it. That's it. God is good. Very quickly, very quickly. Um, yeah, give me, yeah, that's it. That's good. Go to the next ones, and I'm just going to talk these through. All right, let's do this. Practical help. So let's, let's try to make this as practical as we can. Because the peace of God, the peace of Christ, is a privilege that God wants us to enjoy. Amen. Those of us that know him, that love him, he wants us. It's not the absence, 
but it's that inner grace and steadying of the spirit within to go through these things, okay? How do we do? Number one, receive the Prince of Peace. How about that? Receive the Prince of Peace. You can't have the peace of God if you're not right with God. So if you're not right with God, maybe you've never been saved, or you know what? You can have a relationship and have a strain in a relationship. Anybody? So even though you can have, I'm right, and it says I'm related, you know, but I'm, something not, I'm not doing, there's something wrong. Then I'm grieving the Spirit. I'm quenching the Spirit. So number one, very quickly, receive the Prince of Peace. Salvation, but also dedication and obedience. You, you can't be disobeying God and have the peace of God. You can't be consciously, it, can't, it's just, it doesn't work, okay? But number two, practice the privilege of prayer. Again, God created everything. And in his kingdom, he created laws, amen? We talk about this on Wednesday nights a lot. You know, there's such a law called the law of gravity. All right? I, I don't have to like it, but it'd be smart for me to heed it, amen? I don't believe in the law of gravity. I'm like, I don't know who's going to tell me what to do. I'm going to jump off the roof. God has laws in his kingdom. Someone said, well, I don't believe in Listen, you don't have to believe in gravity either. But if it's the law of the kingdom, it behoove you to obey it, to enjoy it, and to, to yield to it so you can get the blessing out of it. Amen? And so here's the law. Practice the privilege of prayer. God has given us prayer as a place to cast our burdens and cast our cares. Right? Come boldly before the throne of grace that we can receive the help we need. We can receive the grace we need to go out there and fight this fight of faith. Cast your burden on the Lord. He'll sustain you. So again, practice the privilege of prayer. It's in, in prayer... We, we enjoy the beautiful principle of exchange. I bring my burden, he gives peace. I bring my care, he brings his comfort. I bring my confusion, he brings his counsel. Amen. He was wounded for our trend. He was bruised for, see the transfer. You see what I'm getting at? It, it, exchange. The principle of exchange is the principle. Of, okay. Receive the prince. Practice the privilege. Recognize the presence. Just because he's silent doesn't mean he's absent. He's a, sometimes you just got to tell yourself, remind yourself, Jesus is with me. Jesus is here, and Jesus is in control. I mean, sometimes you got to encourage yourself in the Lord by just reminding yourself, amen? You know, you're sitting there, they give you bad news, and you just got to say, Lord, you're here. I know you're with me. I know I can't feel you. I don't got a goosebump, but I don't walk by goosebump. I walk by faith, Amen. I mean, I love the goosebump. I like a good goosebump like anyone. Amen? You love it when you feel the presence of God. What little hair you got is sticking up. I mean, it feels good. But that's not how it works all the time, is it? And faith has to recognize the presence of the King. Lord, you're with me. Right here and right now. And you're in control. And this thing might have me a little bit scared and confused. But Lord, recognize the presence of the King. I know I'm trying to hurry up. Clock's winning today. Now he's got to win every now and again. Can I give you a, can I give you a simple illustration for number three? Maybe some of the ladies can understand this. There are places where I grew up, different, you know, not the local closest city to where we lived growing up. My mom would never drive there, maybe by herself, certainly not at night, but if dad was with her. She wouldn't care where, where, where he drove. When she recognized his presence, it's cool. <laughs> I drive wherever you want. Joe's with me. You know, that's, that's dad's name. When we recognize presence, you see? 
See how that works in the natural? Isn't that true? Some places when you're by yourself, you get a little nervous, don't you? But when someone else is with you, things are at peace. Things are at rest. Isn't that right? You see? And so sometimes we just got to remind ourselves and recognize the presence of the King Jesus. You're with me. Amen? Someone was going to try to be at this appointment. They couldn't make it. This is, but you're with me. Number four, we've received, we're practicing, we're recognizing. And let's rehearse. Let's remember and rehearse the promises of God. Let's remember and let's rehearse the promises of God. Let's make them, put your name in there. You know, there's so many wonderful promises in the Bible. Protection, provision, wisdom, counsel, comfort, love, forgiveness. Amen? And sometimes one of the greatest things we can do to minister grace to our own hearts is to rehearse the promises of God. Remind yourself, the Lord your shepherd, you shall not want. Remind you, the greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. Amen? we got to remind ourselves, we were young, and well, now we're not so young. But we've never seen the righteous forsaken, amen? Or God's seed begging bread. And, and you take those promises and you put your name in there. And that's one of the ways you encourage yourself and let that word, let the word minister to you. Isn't that right? You know, you know that we've had this, these crazy, what, what were these, these trees? These trees that are making everyone sneeze and, and, you know, oaks. Are they oaks? Uh, what they are, but man, they're doing a number, amen? And sometimes you get scratching, right? And you got to take that, that, that ointment and daily you put it on, don't you? You take that word of God and daily put it in your heart. And daily just comfort yourself. Amen? Go ahead and put that oil on. Remind yourself, put your name in there. And remind yourself, the Lord's with me. Jesus, you say I'm special to you. You give me a promise. And you, you, the battle is the Lord's battle. One of my favorites. Amen? The battle. All right. All right. That's enough. That's enough. We're going to pray. God's so good to us. You say, you're, you're, you're a child of God. You're special in the eyes of God. He sees you different than he does the rest of creation. He sees the blood. He sees the seal of his spirit. Amen? Your name is written down in glory. Hallelujah. Woo! He says, I know them that are mine, the Lord says. And he watches you. You know how that is, right? You go to that mall or you walk in places. I'm going back home. Back home, you walk in that mall and all these kids, this or that. I don't care if those knuckleheads do. But if one of them belonged to me, hey. Isn't that right? God knows those that are his. And he watches over us. And he has a special will for us. And special privileges for us. Isn't that true? Yeah. All right. I'm going to pray the final prayer. We'll sing our final song. If you've come today and you've just, you're burdened, just dealing with heaviness. Or why don't we just take some time and Give it to the Lord and ask the Lord just to refresh and fill us afresh with his peace. How about that? A lot of these things are things we do daily. It's part of our daily walk, our daily walk with God, reminding ourselves and committing our cares. His life is new. His mercies are new every morning. Amen? Because my problems are normally new every morning. Amen? So, so we do this. So if, if you're here today, you can stay in your seat if you want. You can come down to the altar. We come with burdens. If we come, let's give them to the Lord. And then let's release our faith and ask God to give us a fresh deposit of his peace. Amen? Let's do that. Let's do that. Go ahead and stand with me. Stand with me. Hallelujah.
Oh, God is so good. Hallelujah. speak it out. and trust yourself and that situation to me and watch me care for you just like I always have I know God knows our struggles but the Bible teaches us to give them to God and bring them to him and let him and acknowledge him I'm going to pray our final prayer we're going to sing our song if you need prayer the altars are open you just want to come and pray but I encourage you if you've walked in today with burdens if you're facing something, give it to God. And then ask the Lord to fill you afresh.